Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. Now, I'm going to take you inside uh, my company's next vision meeting, and I'm going to cover five leadership areas which I'll be sharing with my team. We have probably 60-ish people working in this particular company that I own, uh, and I'm going to share with you the five things that I think will really benefit our entire team uh, to encourage more people to step up and grow to the next level and become leaders, whether they're at the top of the org chart or not, is irrelevant. So five things uh, which I think leaders really embrace and do. And the first thing uh, is quite surprising to many because I know many people have pride and they don't do this. But the first thing is they ask for help. You know, it's not a sign of weakness if you don't know an area. It's not a sign of weakness if you're struggling or if you're not, um, you're going to miss a deadline or you just don't know how to solve something. It's a sign of strength if you reach out and ask for people for, for help, whether that's your managers or, you know, your staff, your um, even the people who are supposed to be below you uh, in the org chart or your community members or your friends. Uh, it's a real strength to ask for help, and not enough people do it. A lot of people suffer in silence. Uh, just morning, and hello to everyone tuning in and saying hi. If you're listening on the Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast, uh, then thanks for being a Disruptive Entrepreneur podcast subscriber. And if you're watching, make sure you are subscribed. So the second thing of the five things I'm going to share with my team is listening more. Uh, now, I'm sure you'd agree if you look at people when you're having a discussion it's got to be 70% of them aren't listening. They're waiting to talk. Now, when you're waiting to talk, you've got information in your brain that you want to let out. And therefore, you can't let information in. Uh, and you miss vital information that could help you scale, solve, serve, that could help you grow your business and um, you know, make more money and, and whatever the problems that you're experiencing in your life. If you listen and watch people, uh, I think a lot of people assume that you need to get help and you listen to mentors or experts. But in reality, you can learn something from everyone if you listen, which means the thing that you're storing in your mind and waiting to say, you have to park that to the back and actually truly listen. Uh, and I know in the past I've given some feedback that people have asked for, um, whether it's in my team or community members, uh, and I can see they're not really listening. And this isn't, a, a, um, you know, this isn't me having a go at them. We all do it. I know I do it too. Sometimes there's things you just want to say, uh, but you can't take anything in when you're waiting to talk. So listening is, is such an underused, I mean, you know, yeah, Rob, vision meeting, leadership, yeah, listen, of course. Yeah, I'm sure we'd all agree that most people don't do that enough. Okay, third thing then is uh, timing what you push for, i.e. the things that you really believe in, the things that, you know, you believe with true volition and purpose that you think need to change, you want to implement, or just things about the world that you think are completely wrong, that you feel destiny to change, you should push hard for those ideas. But... 
don't push hard for everything. Because if you just push hard because you want to be right about everything, no one will end up taking you seriously because you're just trying to push your point of view on them. If you pick your battles wisely and really push hard for those two or three things in your quarterly vision meetings or two or three things a year that you really stand for and you push hard for them and you fight for them and you win them, then of course people are going to take you seriously when you push for your ideas. Now I know uh, I've done this before. I've, I've thought really strongly about something, but I've let someone talk me down or I've not pushed and I've just assumed that, you know, people would go and implement what I was talking about. Uh, and I've learned from that. And I give you an example of that. And Dan High, who's watching, he's in uh, a, a group um, that we're all in called The Syndicate, where we talk about this a lot. Um, but we offer VIP tickets at our free events. Uh, and I've said to my team a few times, these VIP tickets need to be VIP, i.e. they need to be treated like royalty. They, you know, we need to be their servants, their slaves. We need to do everything for them to make them feel special. Uh, and then a couple of times when we've offered these tickets and we've called them VIP, they haven't really been VIP. Uh, and so um, I didn't really push on that. I just kind of let my team run with that. But actually, I should have really pushed on that. If you're going to give something the name VIP, it needs to be VIP. So I should have pushed more and I blame myself for that because I didn't push hard enough. I assumed that people knew what I meant uh, when they were sort of batting me back a little bit. So push hard for the ideas you believe in. But if you push in all of them, then people won't take you seriously. And I'm going to talk to my team about that because I want my team to push hard back at me about the ideas they really believe in. Uh, and I'm quite happy for them to talk me down. But if they never push and they hold it all in and they're almost like passive aggressive, um, you know, where they don't ever put their ideas forward and they never really feel like they have a voice. But then, they, of course, go and, and talk at the water cooler or the um, coffee machine. Then, of course, you know, that's not really in, that's not really building them up to be a leader. But like I said, again, if they're just fighting and arguing for the sake of arguing, then no one takes them seriously. Anyway, I've made the point. So on to number point four which is the power of critical debate and being challenged. Now, let's be honest, none of us want to be critically challenged. We don't want to go into a debate where people are challenging our views and ideals. We'd all rather just everyone go around us and go, oh, yes, Rob, you're right. Oh, yes, Rob, the guru, uh, because that's our ego talking. Um, and only very self-aware people um, and, and very smart people and people very committed to success encourage debate, challenge and critical thinking um, when it comes to ideas, being creative, solutions, etc. Now, a lot of people get defensive when people challenge their ideas. You are over here, the identity of you. Your ideas and your creativity and your solutions are over here. They're completely unrelated to you. Let people challenge, critique, rip to, shed, to, sh to sheds, to shreds your ideas. There's nothing wrong with that. If you can detach who you are, if you're an idea machine and you just can make uh, 10 ideas, you know, and just flow the ideas out, uh, then um, you're not really going to own those ideas too much. And you're going to let people play with them and chuck them around a bit and add to them and rip them apart. Uh, I did a, a podcast on that just recently, so you can go back to that. So um, allow people to give you critique, allow people to challenge you, allow people to fight with you, argue with you, stand against you. Don't take it personally. I think you'll learn so much more when you embrace critical debate and challenge into your meetings, into your creativity, into your life. Um, so that's one, two, three. Ah, and then five is don't take things personally, which is linked to number four. You know, often we take our, 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 you know, feedback to our ideas personally or we take resistance personally and we take uh, critique 
personally. You know, we take a look or an email personally. Uh, and I wonder how much time we all waste taking things personally. And it's quite a simple thing. If you take things personally, your identity over here, any feedback you get from the world about what you're doing, if you make that mean a challenge of who you are, you're always going to take everything personally. Um, someone even said to me on one of the Facebook Lives, this top here that I'm wearing, they really didn't like it. Now, I, 10 years ago, that would, I would have made that mean people don't like me, which is ridiculous because they have nothing to do with me. It's a top. Um, it doesn't make any difference. Um, but I see a lot of people taking everything personally in their life. You know, a comment they get on social media or a look that someone gives them or an email that someone sends them. And man, that must be so hard. Um, you know, you must spend 12 hours a day on this emotional roller coaster feeling good the few times that people um, say nice things to you and feeling pretty bad for the rest of the 10 hours where people are giving you critique, feedback um, or taking pot shots at you. The reality is nothing, no feedback that anyone gives you is any ever personal to you. They don't know you. They don't know what you're thinking. Um, they're just reacting themselves. You know, have you ever had something happen to you? Uh, and then it bring up a load of emotions. Maybe those emotions boil over things that happened five, 10 and 20 years ago. Um, you know, like rejection, for example. If I ever get rejected, that brings up feelings of when I was at school and when I was an overweight kid and when I, uh, the, the rare times I'd ask a girl out on a date and all those emotions I've collected, negative, painful, acidic, um, you know, introverted ones that I've bottled probably over 30 years all come flooding back when someone rejects me. Even if I say, do you want to have a, a round of golf? And they go, sorry, I'm busy. And it's like a, in that nanosecond, I can feel all those feelings. And I think that's what a lot of us are doing when we're interacting with people. Um, you know, we're reacting and allowing all these emotions to bubble back. And I think if you can control those emotions, i.e. something happens out in the world, you know, maybe you um, don't look after a customer properly, or, you know, maybe you have a, some internal uh, struggles with your managers and you know, parts of your team or whatever. Um, let those emotions bubble, go, ah, oh, I know what that is. That's my whole life coming out. And then think, ah, oh, but it's not their fault or their problem. They didn't know they were gonna stir 30 years of a cauldron of pain of my life up just by giving me a little bit of a feedback. Notice that, go, ooh, that's interesting, Rob. Look what you did there. 30 years of your life, it's nothing to do with this problem. Don't chuck your baggage out on them. Take a breath. My wife always says, Four seconds in, five seconds hold, four seconds out. And because she looks after our two kids. So she would know about four seconds in, five seconds hold, four seconds out. If you did that about critique, about feedback, about discussions, about debates, about emails, four seconds in, five seconds hold, four seconds out. Imagine how much better your life would be. You wouldn't flip out on email. You wouldn't have a go at people. You know, you wouldn't react in some kind of crazy nut job way. Because you know, usually you make things worse when you have a little bit of an episode. Okay, I can't, I was, can't even remember the point. I was like, yeah, don't take things personally. It's never about you. It's always about them. Um, and, you know, look, take your art seriously. Take your work seriously. Take your company seriously. But don't take yourself too seriously. Allow people to you know, have a bit of a pop at you. If people are going to have a bit of pop, a bit of fun, if they'll give you feedback, um, that means they feel comfortable with you. And if they feel comfortable with you, they're relating to how they perceive that you feel comfortable with yourself. And that is a great gift. Um, I just had someone today actually post about one of our events, uh, giving it some pretty critical feedback, um, which means he feels comfortable enough to do that, which means he feels comfortable enough with me that I'm not going to go and dump my 30 years of emotions on him. And so I see that as a great gift. 
All right, so let me summarize these five things I'm going to be sharing in my upcoming vision meeting, and hopefully they help you. Number one, it's not a weakness for us to help. It's a strength. Keep asking for help, and you'll get your problem solved. By the way, is it easier to solve a problem yourself, having tried to solve the problem many times, but not solving the problem, or just go and ask someone else who could solve the problem because it's not their problem, or they've solved that problem? Of course, it's easier. So ask for help more. Listen more. Don't wait to speak into your brain. Listen more. The world will give you all the information you need to be a success. It's there. It's just you're not seeing it because you're always waiting to speak. And when I say you, I mean you plural. I mean we. I mean I too. Third thing is push for the ideas that you believe in strongly. Never, never think to yourself, ah, oh, do you know what? I didn't push that hard enough if it's something you really believe in. But if you push for everything, people will take you seriously and they won't think that you, you, know, you have any um, ideas of note or volition. Uh, number four, the power of critical debate and challenge. So make sure that you allow critical debate and challenge into your life. Um, I know that the best ideas that come out are when I chuck an idea out there and someone rips it apart. And in that moment, I don't like it when they're ripping my idea apart, especially if they're not bringing solutions. I kind of get, I get a bit on my high horse. But when we go through that process, we nearly always come up with a better idea. And I'll give you an example. I built uh, a garage recently for uh, my cars and I put a, a, a story, you know, first floor on it because I thought, well, you know, it's only about 15% more and you can put a first floor on it. And we hadn't put anything in it. Uh, and first off, I wanted to rent it out as an Airbnb. Gemma was having none of that. Then I wanted to um, have it where we could have a maid or, you know, someone to look after the house and maybe be a personal assistant to my wife. Gemma didn't want anyone living in that space. I uh, couldn't fit a pool table in. And each, every time I chucked an idea to Gemma, she was like, no, no, no. And I was starting to get a bit annoyed. Um, uh, and then um, Gemma was thinking about maybe um, setting up a personal training business. And she suggested maybe that could be the gym because she doesn't like the gym in the basement. We have two gyms, by the way. I have a gym in the garden, a massive uh, strip. You've probably seen it. I've got all my hater quotes all along the fence. Paid, what, 24 grand for that. Put that out there so Gemma could do some training. She doesn't really like doing the training outside. I've got gym in the basement, so it's out of the way of the house. She doesn't really like the basement. So I was like, oh, and anyway, Gemma suggests, well, why don't we have a gym up in the first floor? Um, you know, and then if she does decide to be a personal trainer, she can run her gym from there and it's not attached to the house. And that is a genius idea. Um, and that's the most random of examples. But the point is, I was getting on my high horse resisting all these things. And actually, she came up with a much better idea. And I think if you let people play with your ideas and then if they come up with a better idea, own that idea, you know, to get the credit, give the credit, give credit to other people, let them own your ideas, let them run with your ideas, um, because they're much more likely to own, implement and go through the challenges of solving your the, the problems and ideas that they think they brought to the party um, rather than you go, no, that's my idea. No, no, you've got to give me credit. No, you can't have that. That's all mine. Anyway, I've ranted on enough here. Hopefully you found that useful. If you're watching the live, make sure you subscribe to the Disruptive Entrepreneur community. Uh, it's on Facebook and that's where, what, 10,000 Disruptive Entrepreneur listeners from across the world engage. And thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.